This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Wow, family, it's so wonderful to be able to stand together and just worship the God of the Lord, isn't it? It really, really is. And I'm just so grateful to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bay for this opportunity of being able to share the word with you this evening. So can you just bow your heads right there where you are and let's just pray together. Precious Father, we just thank you for your amazing love towards us. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thank you, Father God, that it doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing, we can be as one as your family together with you today. And thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that I know you are the teacher. I can do nothing in my own strength, but I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would bring this word to our hearts tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And at the same time that your anointing will bring love and healing and everything it is that we are believing God for tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Well, family, I'm so, so blessed to be here And honestly, I just want to take a few moments and just really share the word with you. And honestly, you want to bring a clear message of love and hope at this time. And I'm so aware that I'm, I'm standing in an empty room. And honestly, I can't wait for you guys to fill up this room again. But I am so grateful for technology. And I, I really want to do a great shout out tonight for our media team and for our worship team. I mean, what a great, great presence of the Lord right there where we were at. So I just want to do that tonight. And, and honestly, tonight I want to share with you about the psychological damage that is prevalent in times such as these, that goes beyond the physical damage. We all know very well that the coronavirus and, and really how it's affecting and impacting people's bodies, and in many cases, people's lives. Now, we as a church, we, we're deeply interested in ministering to the spirit and the soul and through revelation of the word, the body. And I'm so grateful to Apostle Theo that really in all these years, he's given us such a, a sound foundation, such a solid foundation that we can walk on in times such as these. And family, you know, we've learned that we are, we are three-part being. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. And really, as we see this virus, it is impacting us in so many different ways. And yes, obviously, I'm so aware of people that may have been infected by the virus. And I know that there are many people that have lost their lives and families that are grieving. And as I said, we as a church, we're interested in, in really ministering to the spirit and the soul and the body. And essentially, we come to church It is so that we can re renew our minds to the Word of God. And as we feed our spirit and we know how to stand firm, amen. And really, the Lord has us at this point in time not only praying for people's physical safety, but we're also praying for people's emotional health and spiritual health because honestly, there is a potential for there to be great damage emotionally and spiritually because we've lost some things that promote health. And I'm going to go through just three of them tonight and I'm sure there are many more. But the first thing that we have lost, family, is our connections. I mean, we're used to connecting with people. We're used to hanging out at a restaurant together. We're used to meeting people for a coffee. And we've lost that. 
And even, I mean, a couple of weeks ago with Mother's Day, we used to be coming together as a family and just really celebrating one another. And we can't do that. And I, I guess many of you have actually kind of been tempted, as I have, to kind of phone a friend and say, when are you doing your shopping? Can we walk the, the aisles of the supermarket kind of six meters apart with our gloves and our masks and all of that? Well, maybe not, right? But really, we've lost this joy of being able to gather together as a local church, as a local body. And I can tell you really, even tonight, just sort of coming here and seeing some of, of our team, and I just want to hug them, you know. And, and really, I, I can't. I know that I've got to keep my distance, but really, I do want to do that. I just want to come down here and give you a big hug. Because our bodies were really created for that. If you think about it, I mean, we, it's almost like emotional food to us. I mean, we hug somebody. We, we're giving strength. I mean, we, we may be giving solace. We may be giving care and comfort and all of those things. And if you think about it, I mean, the first thing in the Bible that was a problem was actually not sin. Um, it, was, it was solitude. And really, we see this. I mean, the first thing that God said was not good. He wasn't talking about sin. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. And, and we're having to deal with this right now. And we're all cooped up at home and many people are alone. And I kind of think of my mom when I lost my dad late last year. And she's staying in this flat all on her own. And I want to tell you something. We actually kind of try to keep people away from her because I don't want to go there and, and not know maybe that I'm infected and maybe infect my mom with something. So these are real issues that we are facing. The second thing that we've lost is our structures. I mean, we're used to getting up in the morning and getting ready for the office and, and getting our children ready for school and organizing lunches and doing all those things. And really, all those things are like the structures of our life. And we're used to getting up on a Sunday morning as a family and getting ready and going to church. We're used to having some kind of routine, and we've lost those structures. And family, what it does, it has the potential to damage us, that psychological part of who we are, our minds and our souls and our spirit person. And the third thing that we've lost really is our control. And, and that's a big thing because if you think about it, I mean, this disease is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got, how little money you've got. It doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. I mean, even Prince Charles of the United Kingdom was infected. It really doesn't matter who you are. And here's the thing. You can't buy yourself away from it. You can't move somewhere to get away from it. It literally is affecting every single person. And we just cannot get away from it. And so we have this sense that we've lost control. And think about it. I mean, God wanted us to have control over our lives, over our environment, and even over our future. I mean, he said we are to have dominion. Now, he doesn't want us to be control freaks, okay? We, we get that. You're not supposed to control somebody else's life. But here's what happens. When these things step in, we have certain ways that we react or respond. And, and the first one is really that we get into a fight mechanism. 
And it's almost like we get angry and, and, and we, we really just lose it and, and we even get mean. And here's the thing that's extremely disturbing, is that domestic violence and gender-based violence and child abuse is on the rise right now. Why? Family, can we just see how this is impacting us in such a negative way? I want to tell you something that really what happens when this fight instinct comes in, it's because we've lost our structures. It's because we've lost our connections and we really feel like we're losing control. So I've just got to do something. So what do I do? I take it out on the person's closest, closest to me. And the second one really is exactly the opposite to that. It's really exactly the opposite. It really is, you know, just get away. I just want to be on my own and, and, and really... I don't want to speak to anybody. So, so what do we do? We, we kind of put ourselves into isolation and, and, and we don't say anything and we really just feel nobody understands us anyway. And really, the devil will lie to you about this. And family, you don't want to do that. He'll get you by yourself and he'll get you having the self-talk and ruminating and thinking on all these things on your own. And honestly, you're not going to come up with good things if you just sit there and ruminate over the situation. And the third one is, is that we kind of freeze up and I mean, we get paralyzed. And, and honestly, we, we stand there and we say, well, I just don't know what to do. And when we, at the beginning of this, you had this kind of vision of, man, during this time, I'm going to do, right? I'm going to build this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to clean this thing out and, and maybe paint something. And you haven't. And you are shocked at how this has actually paralyzed you into complete inaction. And it's dangerous. So what do we do? So I want to give you now the words of our Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Again, a passage that you know very well. And he says this, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now here's a very interesting thing. If you think about it, I mean, the Lord Jesus, the Bible that he would have used would have been the Old Testament. So he would have meditated and studied the Old Testament, as it were. And family, he's saying that those are the words he would have put into practice. And we today, I mean, we've got the Old Testament and we've got the New Testament. I mean, and we've got the words of Jesus in red. And he said we need to put those in practice. And he says that if we, every person that does that is like building his house on something solid. Verse 25, let's say it like this. And coronavirus came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat up against your house. Right? And you get angry, and you get alone, and you get into this freeze mechanism, or you get into this fight mechanism. Family, but look at this. It says, yet the house did not fall. Why? Because it had a foundation on the rock. And we know the rock is Jesus. It's the word of God. Jesus and the word are one. And he's saying that we need to put that into practice. But the opposite of that is everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. So if you're not following the wisdom of the Bible right now, the Bible says it's like a foolish man who built their house on the sand, and coronavirus came in, and the streams rose and beat up that 
house. Now listen. And it fell with a great crash. And family, we're seeing that right now. We're seeing that as a church, and it breaks our hearts to see how this thing is affecting people, not only their bodies, but their marriages and their lives and their emotions and their families and their finances and their health. So, so what do we do? So I'm going to give you five rock-solid principles, and they all come out of the book of Proverbs. I'm going to give you five things that will be a rock-solid foundation for you in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic and really any crisis that you may face. And here is the first one. Simple. Communicate clearly, intentionally, and often. And I'm encouraging you that if you have immediate family that maybe don't live in your house any longer, why don't you directly after the service tonight, get on a Zoom call, get on a video call, connect with them, see them, chat with them. I can tell you now, I mean, my son and daughter-in-law live in the UK, and we make a point of connecting with them on video calls where we can see them in their environment and we can kind of bring them home for a little while. And even my oldest son and his wife and, and my four grandchildren, I mean, they live just down the road in Benoni, not far away, but I still, I can't see them at this time. I make sure that we connect with them on a regular basis. Why? Family, because I am not going to let them get away from me. I am not going to let them get away from my words. It is my job to make sure that they hear from me. And I'm speaking to moms right now, and I'm speaking to dads right now, and I'm speaking to pastors and leaders who may be watching this right now. And I'm saying to you that in a crisis, you need to communicate. Make a point of communicating Clearly, intentionally, and often, they need to hear your words. Now, I told you I'm going to give you some proverbs. Here's the first one. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but watch this, family. It says, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. So I want to encourage you, even if you're a group leader, have your time in the Word in the morning. Have your time with the Lord in the morning. And really meditate and say, Lord, what is a good word that I can share with my group today? Or with an individual? Or with members of my family? What is a good word that I can give to somebody right now? Family, we need to be intentional about our communication through this time. I love, to, I love to confess this in Isaiah 50 verse 4. It says, The sovereign Lord has put his words of wisdom in my mouth that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning he awakens me and opens my understanding to do his will. So I'm speaking to husbands right now. I'm speaking to wives right now. I want to tell you that you're spending different time together and there is this influence of, of unknown. And it's a time that we don't want to get into not speaking things out and assuming things. And, and I'm going to give you some principles that will help us to communicate clearly. The first one is, is that we need to be empathetic. And what does it mean to be empathetic? It means ready to put yourself into that person's position and, and see what it is that they're going through. You know, what's it like to be in your shoes? That's, that's such a great question. What's it like to be you? 
Just tell me, what, what does it feel like to be you? What are you feeling right now? What, what are you going through right now? The second one is, is that we need to be frequent. And already I can't stress that enough, especially at a time such as this. That's the reason I'm standing right here in an empty room, trying to communicate with as many people as, as possible. And that's the reason that we use our structures, our group structures, and, and our dream team, and our, and our growth track even. Why? So that we can have frequent communication, and we can be a trustworthy envoy that brings healing. The next one, family, is that we need to be simple and clear in our communication. Say what you mean, mean what you say. To be simple and clear, really, what we try and do as a church is, is keep it simple. Eight o'clock in the morning, we pray. And if you haven't joined us for our prayer meeting at eight o'clock, every single day we're there. Go on Facebook, go on, on YouTube, we're going to pray together. At 12 o'clock, we receive Apostle Theo's faithful today, my goodness, and that's enough to meditate on for the whole week, and we get fresh manna every day. And then at 5, we get a word from our Apostle, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at CFC. Simple. The next thing is, is that we need to be honest. You know what? Somebody said, I, I, you're so spiritually minded that you know earthly good. And we could say, oh, God's going to get us through this. And we believe that. But, but let's just be real. People are facing real problems at this time. And you know what? It's okay to say, you know what? This is no joke. This is real. Amen? So let's just be honest at where we're at. And there are people that are having to make some adjustments in their finances and maybe making some adjustments in their home. And if that's you, maybe you do need to speak to somebody. Be honest. Okay, but we're not going to be so honest and sort of get into a hole that we just can't get back out of again, right? We're going to also be hopeful because we know that God is in control. Amen. And we know that we've been taught about never giving up our hope. And then family, we need to be faith-filled. I mean, you know what faith is. We've been taught on faith. But just think about this. Fear is reality minus God. Faith is reality plus God. Amen? So I'm telling you, I have got faith that God is going to bring us through this. I believe that God is going to show up in such a way that we don't even know how he's going to do it, but that the whole world will stand by and say, indeed, that was God. And I kind of think about the, the Roman soldier at the cross that looked up at Jesus and said, indeed, this was the Son of God. Amen? So the Lord is going to bring us through that. We need to be faith-filled people. So that was my step number one, communication, okay? I hope you're taking notes. Step number two is this, recreate new structures and new routines. Family, we have to recreate new ones because why? We have lost the old ones. We're used to getting up and doing things every day. Now, if you like, like my husband and I, we are working from home. So here's the first thing. If you're doing that, make sure that you set aside an area in the house that you know that's my work area. So I've kind of got the study. He's got the, the dining room because he kind of spreads himself more than I do. But we have those spaces that we know that's our structure to do that. And then I'm encouraging you, whether you are working at home or not, make sure that you build some structure and you 
get some routines in your life. Get up in the morning. Go and have your workout. Go have your shower. Spend time in the Word. Make sure that you make your bed up. Get dressed. Ladies, put your face on. Do your hair. Do those things. It really is going to help you. We need to have some structures and some routine, and we need to create those. And I can assure you, my family, it is going to bring health to you because you are creating purpose if you will structure your life and get some routines. Look at this, another proverb. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We know this well. Where there is no clarity of what to do, the Bible says, without it, you cast off restraint. That's in the NIV. You know, we kind of get into this mode about, oh, well, whatever. You know, it doesn't really matter. Just nothing really matters anymore. But I can assure you, my dear family, it does matter. It really, really matters. So I'm going to give you a little challenge tonight. I'm going to say to you, why don't you every single day have your time in the Word, have your time with the Lord, and then come up with three things, just three things, not 15, not 10, not one, three things every day that you can say, if I can do these three things today, I can consider today to be a success. Come on, we can do that, right? So, so what I've done is I've kind of broken it down even a little bit more. You don't have to do this, okay? But I've got three things. I've said, if I can do one thing that's fun, because people say I'm far too serious. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> the second thing that, that I, I, I want to do is something that's going to build my faith. And the third thing I want to do is really something that's going to sow into my future. What am I doing? I'm taking the lemons that we've all been delivered and trying to make some lemonade out of it. Amen? So really, and even if you're one of these people that maybe have a, a planner or maybe prefer to write things down, you know, have like a to-do list, just come up with three things every day, and that will make a difference in your life. Remember that really every day is a gift from God. So let's make it count. Right, number three on my list. And this is something we've been taught before as well. We need to guard our minds. Because I want to tell you, there's a lot of people right now that have got a lot of idle time on their hands. And you know what they say? An idle mind is the devil's playground. And there are people that are letting their minds go. And family, I'm telling you now, there's a lot of people just watching way too much news. Now, I believe we need to stay up to date and we need to know what needs to be done. But I want to tell you that if we're watching news hour after hour after hour, the enemy's going to come in. We're going to get into fear. So let's be careful what we're watching. Or we go to the other extreme where we get into this flight mode and then we want to drown ourselves in Netflix binges or Showmax binges or whatever it is that we're watching. And I know those things. I mean, that you kind of watch a series and they leave you hanging and you kind of have to see what happens next. And when you look again, 10 hours have gone by. But family, I'm going to tell you another thing that's scary is that things like these online accounts and pornography and all of those things are on the right. Why? Because people have got a whole lot of time in their, in their hands with nothing to do. Now, let me take you to the Proverbs once again. I mean, the Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. We know this. We've got to be careful right now. What am I going to allow to happen in my mind? Who am I going to allow to speak into my mind? I need to control what is going on in my mind. 
Now, I know you've, you've heard this many times before. Let me tell you, if I'm watching 10 hours of Netflix and 10 minutes in the Word, it's like a scale. This is what's going to happen. It gets out of balance. So we need to fill our minds with good things. Let's take a little bit more time that we can focus on worship, focus on prayer, listen maybe to more messages, download them. They're available to do that. So really, let's just control what is going on in our minds. Number four, and this is really, really important, is that I want to focus on what I can control. And let me say, as I said earlier, at the moment, things have seem to be so out of control that it's actually affecting our health. So we need to be careful of that. And there are people that are sitting and thinking, oh my gosh, what is the virus? Oh my gosh, what if my family? Oh my gosh, what if my job? Family, I'm saying to you, if, we can, if we're going to meditate on that, it is going to affect us. It's going to bring psychological damage to our spirit, our soul, and our minds. We need to watch that. And really, I'm going to share a scripture with you once again out of the, the Proverbs. And it seems kind of aggressive, so <laughs> don't, get, don't get offended. Please just stay with me. It really does speak to the situation. But really think about this. How many of you have seen an anthill? Maybe you've had an anthill in your garden. I kind of think of those massive things in the Kruger Park, you know. And I mean, you think that you're approaching a lion and you get all excited and then it's an anthill. I'm sure you've experienced that. But just imagine this. Just imagine that somebody walks past and actually kicks this anthill apart. And what do you see? Man, you just see ants, right? You know what I'm talking about. The coronavirus is kind of like kicking an anthill. I mean, they were totally not in control of that boot at that point. Someone just came in and disrupted their lives. But those ants, they don't fret about it. I mean, they don't even get depressed about it. They don't just give up and say, oh, well, you know what? I just, I guess I can't be an ant now. No, they get into action straight away. They control what they can control. They really look at those things that they can focus on. And the Proverbs speak to us about this. In Proverbs 6, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer. In other words, it's got no boss. It's got no teacher. You pretty much have to motivate yourself, right? And yet it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers food at the harvest. It says, I'm going to do what I can do. There's a bunch of things that I cannot do right now. I can't go to work. I can't go to school. I mean, I can't do this. I can't even go to my soul group. I can't even go to Bible college. But there's a lot of things that I can do. I mean, I, I can maybe look at a better way of managing my finances. I can find more economical ways of running my home. I can control my attitude. That's what I can do. And really, that's what the end does. It controls what it can control. It carries on. It says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? I mean, the Bible almost rebukes us here, right? It says, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, a little Netflix, a little doing nothing, another cup of tea, some more snacks. <laughs> it's just me. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Family, what am I saying? I'm saying just do 
something. Many people have said, if I only had the time, I would do. So I'm saying, do. Write that book that you've been talking about. Read those books that you've been putting aside because you've never had any time. Learn that music that you've been wanting to do. Go on an online course and, and sow into your future. Let's control what we can control. But most importantly, let's control our attitude. Okay, so here's the last one. Okay, number five, and then I'm going to let you go. Remember the bigger picture. Family, you know what? It's so easy in a crisis to think, you know what? This is the only time in history that this ever existed. This is the only time in the world, and oh my goodness, is this it? This is the end. <laughs> Can I tell you something? This is not the end. Someone said, is this the tribulation? Go read the Bible. This is not even close to the tribulation. This is bad. Yes, I know it's bad. Is it real? Man, biggest things have happened probably in the last hundred years for sure. But is this the end? No. And is God working? Yes, family. And will we talk about what God did more than you know? Will we tell the story about the coronavirus of 2020? Of course we will, but more about what God did through this time. And I can tell you that what mature, rock-solid Christians do is they remember that God has got me through something before. He's going to get me through this too. Because you see, let's understand that every generation has had its holocaust, has had its Red Sea, has had its bubonic plague. Every generation has had something. And they think, this is it. This is it. But it's not it. God's got us through. And the Proverbs say this. If you can't see that, if you can't see what God is doing, you are going to be a stumbler. Just stumbling everywhere. Just stumbling. But if you'll attend to it, God is revealing. Let me say it like this right now. God is up to something. And family, we are going to see the hand of God through this. God is going to hear our prayer. Heaven is going to hear us. He's going to forgive our sins. He's going to heal our land. You need to know that. If you'll just remember the bigger picture of what God is up to, that these walls are going to fall. And I know it feels like we've been marching around this for so long already. But these walls are going to fall. Put yourself in the bigger picture. Honestly, I believe there is a time that God is going to come back one day, any second coming, and He's, and he's going he's to rescue us. I was kind of saying to my husband the other day, really, if you think about it, the worst thing that can happen to us is that we go to heaven. I mean, when you're a Christian, you are in the ultimate win-win situation. Think about it. The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So if I stay here, I serve God. But if I die, I get to see God. You are in a win-win situation. You always need to remember the bigger picture. Read the last chapter of the Bible. 
we win. You need to know that. Would you just bow for a moment? I just want to pray for you. Father, I pray for rock-solid Christians. I pray, God, for every person to build their, their lives around the words of the Lord, the Bible, the truths, God, that anchor us and its principles that we can wrap our lives around. And God, I'm asking, Lord, for that communication. I'm asking, God, for that patience. I'm asking, God, for those structures, Lord. I'm asking, Lord, for all of these principles that we've been speaking about, Father, Father, that we can be people of faith, that we are really people that are people of principle and that we, as your children, would just rise up in the midst of all of this, Lord, and that we can be storehouses, Father, that we really will have grain to give people that may be without. And Father, that we can really share this. And Father God, I pray your blessing upon this church knowing, Father, that the church is made up of, of individuals. I want to thank you, my Father, tonight, that as we go and sleep, we, we go to bed, Father, with confidence, knowing that God is for us, Father, with strength, knowing, God, that you will see us through this. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're here tonight and you've never had an opportunity to to make Jesus Lord of your life. And you listen to me tonight saying that we are in a win-win situation and you feel this is something that you would really like to do. My precious friend, I want you to know that God is waiting for you. He's got his arms open wide and he's saying, just come home, my child. I made you for this moment. So I want you to do from, I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. Just I want you just to receive that and think about it. Now, if you, maybe you were serving God and you're listening to this word right now and you're saying, you know what, I'm just not where I should be at this time. Well, you say this prayer with us tonight as well and I'm telling you, the Lord is going to bring you back. And then thirdly, Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, you know, I am not sure that I'm going to be spending eternity with the Lord. Well, friend, I'm saying the same thing to you. If you would just say this little prayer right now, just repeat what I say. God is ready to give you that assurance in your heart that you will spend all of eternity in His presence. So if that's you, I want you to bow your heads right now if you want to be sure that you are born again. If you want to be sure, you want to come back to God. You want to be sure that you're going to heaven. Just bow your heads right now and just say this after me right now. Precious Lord Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. That you died in my place. That you took my sin so that I can be free. I believe, Lord that you died for me. I believe, Lord, that you rose on the third day. And I believe right now that as I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior, that you will be with me for all of eternity, that you will walk this walk with me. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that I am now born again. Thank you that I forgive all those who have ever hurt me in Jesus' name. Well, friend, I want to tell you, I want to say welcome to the family of God. We want to celebrate the fact that you are now a part 
of the family of the almighty Savior. Say, if that's you, and you've just said that prayer, I want to ask you if you can just text, I am saved, to the number that's on the screen because we want to walk this walk with you. Or you can even just go on our website and just let us know that you were saved because we want to be here for you. And family, we want to ask, we just want to thank you for being a part of this today. We want to remind you, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, we're going to be there praying for you. And we really just believe that tonight you will go to sleep with the assurance that you are a child of God and that He loves you. Speak to you soon. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com